What's up, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the All Sports Podcast. I am your host, Juan Rodriguez. People usually call me JR, Junior, good old JR. It does not matter. We have a lot to get into, especially with all the crazy stuff that happened over the weekend. We got some scores to cover from the NBA NHL. And, of course, we're going to talk about the Rams-Lion trade. So before that, as always, I like to start off my weekends. My new show starting on the week with the best and worst of the week. Usually that's the best I saw and the worst I saw. So let's start with the worst. I always like to get the bad news out of the way first. I think the worst thing I saw was uh, the lack of defense in the NBA. Uh, the very, very disturbing lack of defense. And that, that's regarding the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Wizards that hope happened over the weekend. Um, you know, the Nets were going to win. The Nets were on their way to another victory, and it was going to be another celebration for the Big Three. And somehow, with less than 20 seconds, the... Nets gave up the win. They ended up losing to the Wizards, and that was because of terrible, terrible defense. But this this just doesn't fall on them. It falls on everybody. It falls around the league. It just seems, yeah, you're going to have your close games here and there. You might have a team that shoots one bad night. But for the majority of the season, what it seems is you're either going to get blown out or you're just going to shoot well. And really, defenses really aren't matching up to anything. I mean, let's let's look at the facts here. The Lakers are the number one defensive rated team. And they just barely beat the Hawks 107-99. Now, granted, that could be because of bad shooting by Atlanta. Thank God they had terrible shooting. But if the Lakers are the number one rated defense and they've only been winning games... You know, by not even close to a double-digit margin. What does that say about the rest of the NBA? The lack of defense and the lack of preparation defensively for the NBA is a joke. It's 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 getting to the point now where it's there's no defense. It's who can score the most, and that's what you're seeing. That's what exactly what you're seeing now. Is granted, you are going to get close games here and there. But for the majority of the part, there's every night there's at least one game where somebody gets blown out close to 20 plus. One, two, maybe three games that gets blown out to 20 points. That's not because of bad shooting. That's because of bad defense. If a professional basketball team can score, can win, I should say, more than 20 plus points, on a daily night, on a daily basis around the league, the NBA has a real problem of defense efficiency. It is ridiculous, to me at least, because I like close games. I am one of those. I'd rather see a tough defensive struggle than a all-star game. Really, that's what it is. That's All these high-scoring games, they don't mean nothing to me because... If I wanted to see a high-scoring game, I'd rather just watch the All-Star. I mean, if you're not going to care about playing, then why are you playing? 
that's sort of my thing with it. That was, it's just a joke. To allow a team to beat you in 20 seconds to get three threes or two threes off of you to win the game in less than 20 seconds. Clearly, <laughs> that the issue is you have no defense. And this is why, this is why the teams that you usually see, you know, usually LeBron-led teams or Kawhi Leonard-led teams, you know, they usually get to the finals because of tough defense because they're amazing two-way players. Now, Kawhi Leonard's the best out of both. But the NBA surely is lacking as far as NBA defense deficiency. So uh, hopefully, maybe, you know, I can't even say it's early season struggles because we're already halfway there. We're close to halfway there. And who knows what's going to happen. So that, that was the worst I saw, just defense around the NBA. The best I saw, though, on the plus side of the NBA, the best thing I saw over the weekend Lakers and Celtics, man. Didn't it feel good to see those two teams? Didn't it feel good to see those two teams battling back and forth, going back at it with one and each other on Saturday night? It felt good to see a rivalry of that magnitude become popular again, to be close again. And to be as dramatic as it was, that's the Celtics-Lakers rivalry that majority of us fans grew up on. The drama, the players, the excitement, the exciting finishes, that's what we grew up on. You know, there was a period where Boston stunk and there was a period the Lakers stunk. And then the rivalry didn't mean much. It's not a rivalry if one team keeps winning on the other side. That's not a rivalry. That's just the why do we got to be here? Okay, why are we here? Why are we wasting our time? But on Saturday, that was exciting. For the Lakers to get a win in Boston and for them to have one of the best, the best, starting on the you know road records in NBA history is amazing to me. The Lakers squad looks good. The Boston squad looks good. I don't know if they'll meet up in the NBA Finals. Because, you know, the Lakers are, they're they're sketched in. According to the media, you can write the Lakers in. The Lakers are sketched in. They're going to win the West, yada, yada, yada. I'm not all sure about that. I'm not very sure about that. But the Lakers played two very tough teams on the road so far. They played... The 76ers, I believe it was on Thursday. They had Boston on Saturday. They had Atlanta today, which they won 107.99. We'll get into that later. But should the Lakers either play Philadelphia or Boston for the NBA Finals? Sign me up. Sign me up because the Heat, great story last year. It was incredible. The Cinderella favorite. Not this year. I don't see a Cinderella coming out of the East. The only teams I see coming out of the East so far. Milwaukee, 76ers, or the Boston Celtics. Just because of talent-wise. Just talent-wise. Because I I look at the rest of the East. Maybe Brooklyn. Maybe Brooklyn. But 
What scares me about Brooklyn, as I mentioned in the top of the show, no defense. So who's to say maybe they meet up with another offensive juggernaut who's a little better defensively for what it's worth? And the Nets are out. So, yeah, give me the put the Nets in there too. So three out of three, maybe four teams could hit the, you know, that's about it though. Those are the only names I see. The rest of the East, you know, thanks for coming. Congrats on a good year. All right, get your first round exit and get the heck out of here. So, and for the Lakers, I don't think I would write them in yet. Unless something like dramatic happens where, you know, injuries pile up or uh, COVID hits somewhere hard in a facility. I'm not wishing for that. I'm just saying that's I, I wouldn't count the Lakers as a favorite to win the West. I think the West is still tough. Top to bottom. I mean, you got the Jazz who are playing phenomenal right now. You got the Suns who are on a winning streak. You got the Clippers looking like their old self. You got the Lakers. You got the, you know, I mentioned the Jazz, the Nuggets. You know, you got some pretty tough teams there. There, There's some tough teams that, hey, (laughs) I mean, and we're not even counting outside of the fact that, who knows, the Rockets are looking good ever since Harden got traded. Grizzlies are doing their thing. The Spurs are doing their thing. You know, so who knows? Who knows? It's going to be interesting. But uh, as far as the Lakers winning the West, I wouldn't I wouldn't sketch them in yet. But as far as the East, one of, the, one of those four teams will get it for sure. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston, or Philadelphia. So we'll see how that one goes. And it's going to be an exciting way because... You know, it's going to be an exciting road to the NBA playoffs. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. And stick it to the NBA. Let's just go over some scores real quick. Uh, we got the Grizzlies taking on the Spurs tonight. Grizzlies win 133-102. Uh, really no star of the game. It was just the Grizzlies just blowing the Spurs out. As I mentioned, lack of defense. Suns-Mavs, here was a close one. 109-108. Uh, Suns ended up winning that one. Chris Paul with 34 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. The Rockets took on the Thunder today. Here's another one. 30-point victory for the Rockets, 136-106. Eric Gordon tying an uh, NBA record, 11 three-pointers. You got the Kings taking on the Pelicans. Uh, The Kings ended up winning 118-109 with uh, Darren Fox leading the way. A special talent in Sacramento, no doubt. 38 points, 12 assists, 4 rebounds. That that kid's a special talent. And it's finally good that Sacramento has a superstar to kind of call home. It's been a minute since Sacramento has had a very popular player other than DeMarcus Cousins. And before that, it was it was kind of a long time. You know, I still remember the days of Bibby and all those guys. So... It was interesting. It's interesting to see Darren Fox be the player he is in Sacramento, and hopefully they don't mess around with him, and hopefully they can build around him. Uh, Trailblazers taking on the Bucks Again, here's another blowout. 134-106. The Bucks ended up just trashing the Trailblazers today. A couple nights ago, Damian Lillard hit the uh, game winner for the Chicago Bulls. Well, today they actually got a beat. Had to face one of the uh, Eastern juggernauts in Milwaukee. Uh, Drew Holiday with 22 points, 6 uh, assists, and 7 rebounds. Next up, you have the Knicks taking on the Bulls, a classic Eastern matchup. The Bulls take the victory here, 
uh, Lori McCarnan, sorry, game of the uh, hero of the game, 30 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Timberwolves, Cavs, another close one. You have the Cavs winning that one, 100 to 98. And again, the story in Cleveland. The kid, Colin Sexton, 26 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Cleveland's got a star. Cleveland has a star in Colin Sexton. It is incredible to see that. Because the Cavs really never really had anybody other than LeBron James when they drafted him. Then LeBron leaves. Nobody knows what's up. Kyrie, sure, was good, but he was young. But it's good to see that Colin Sexton is making a name for himself. And Cleveland has to do this right this time. They already let LeBron walk. Colin Sexton has to be the player for Cleveland to build around to maybe compete down the road. But kudos to him again for the 26 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Hornets, he you got the Hornets at 129, Heat 121 in overtime. Uh, the story really wasn't any of the starters. It was a, a player who was coming off the bench, Malik Monk. 36 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, Lamelo got his first start today. He ended up with 14 points. But yeah, close battle. Now, these are the games I live for. 129-121, overtime, tough defensive battle. The Hornets just got a little couple more baskets, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Now, Malik Monk was a man amongst boys, but that, he was just coming off the bench. As far as the five-on-five five starters, that's what I'm talking about. Tough all the way through. Defensive all the way through. So, Next up, we got the Lakers and Hawks, as I mentioned earlier. Lakers 107, Hawks 99, Anthony Davis with 25 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Yeah, it's about time Anthony Davis does something this year. Um, he's really been quiet. Um, he's really not as aggressive as I think the Lakers would want. And that's sad, given up the fact that they gave up four first-rounders for him. So Anthony Davis, I think if he would have a couple more rebounds, a few more rebounds, I think... It would look a little better on his end, but two rebounds for a big guy like that, yeah, that's not going to cut it. So I expect Anthony Davis to really get it going now. All right, here we go. Moving on to some hockey now before we move on to the big news of the week. We got Penguins, Rangers. Rangers win 3-1. Bruins, Capitals. The Bruins uh, win 5-3. Predators, Lightning, not even close. Lightning win 5-2. Canadians, Canucks, another blowout. Canadians win. Canadians beat the Canucks 6-2. And then here we go, Flames, Jets. Flames win 4-3 in a shootout. Great game overall. And, you know, hockey's going. They had to postpone the last two uh, Golden Knight games because of COVID. It happens, but from everything from what I'm hearing, uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights should hit the ice soon, so... We'll see how that goes. We'll see if that kind of ruins their momentum because they were one of the best teams in the West. I don't know how much that's going to ruin their momentum heading into the next phase of the season. So we'll see. And finally, the biggest news, the big news of the week that happened on Saturday night. And it was a huge, I would say, surprise 
because we knew there was going to be some quarterback carousel, but we didn't know it was going to be two. It was, we didn't know it was going to be a two for one special. We thought it was going to be a Deshaun news, not even close. So the Rams and Lions struck a deal. Uh, the Rams have traded their respected quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks at least. So the Rams now get Matthew Stafford, and the Rams send to the the Rams send the Lions Jared Goff, two first rounders, and a third. So let's start with this much. I've been asked this all day. I've been asked this all day. Who do I think won the trade? Who do I think won the trade? I posted on Instagram. On the All Sports uh, Talk podcast Instagram. I posted on the Facebook page. I posted it everywhere. And I asked you, the fans, who do you think won this trade? And majority of people said the Lions. I'm here to tell you, I do not know who won this trade. To me, this trade is one of those trades where you look at it and you go, Huh? What? What do you? That was the big deal. So, let's go team by team. So, the Rams. I can report through credentials to people that I talk to. The Rams called Green Bay before they called Detroit to get Aaron Rodgers, and they were going to do the same package they sent to the Lions. But the Green Bay Packers said no. They wanted a little bit more. And they have Jordan Love waiting in the wings. So it wouldn't have made sense to trade Jared Goff. And they wanted, obviously the Packers wanted more. So that deal fell through. Matthew Stafford was open to being traded. The only team he did not want to go to was to the New England Patriots. Now I know, I know you Patriot fans are so upset. Like, well, we didn't want him either. The reason is that he didn't want to go to you guys because of a bad team. He didn't want to go to New England because of Matt Patricia. He does not want to deal with that guy ever in his life again. So that's the only reason. So don't get too butthurt, Patriot fans, the way you guys been being butthurt all over the comments and everything on social media. Not everybody wants to go to New England. Not everybody, not every free agent wants to go to every fan base's team. All right. That's the one thing we have to talk about. Uh, look, so the Rams get Matthew Stafford. Explain, try to explain this. I'm going to try to explain this, and somebody could explain to me after the show's over. What was the point of this trade? Matthew Stafford is now a Los Angeles Ram, but the Rams still have to pay $22 million to Jared Goff this year while he's on the Lions. Explain to me what this does. I get it. Matthew Stafford, cannon of an arm. How much better of a quarterback is he to Garrett? Like, how far are they off from each other? Not much. I don't really see a big difference. I get it, cannon of an arm. So now you got a running back. You got a decent offensive line. You got a good defense. You know, you got a good offensive line, a good running back, some solid wide receivers. Maybe if you add a tight end. Maybe it can all work. So for the Rams, this is an all-now, an all-win-now type of situation. Because here's the deal. You don't pull this off unless you have the head coach's word that they can, he can bring a Super Bowl 
to this organization. He believes that he can make Matthew Stafford a Super Bowl champion. And who am I to judge him? The worst Sean McVay has ever done is 9-7 and seven, since he's been the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. So it's not like... It's not like he's bad. It's not like he's a bad coach. It's just he really had it with Jared Goff. He realized he wasn't going to get anywhere, so he decided to bring in a quarterback who... By all standards, get it? He's got great numbers. He's the all-time leader in Detroit. But what has he done? Explain to me what Matthew Stafford has done in this league to be a f- for a price tag of two first-rounders and a third. What has he done? Has he ever won a playoff game? Has he ever the led the league in touchdown passes? Has he ever led the league in throwing yards? Never won a playoff game. A couple winning seasons. I think I can name them off the top of my hand how many winning seasons has had. Jared Goff has at least more winning seasons than Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff has at least been to the Super Bowl. Say what you want. He got carried, this and that, whatever the case. But what has Matthew Stafford done for the Lions to just dump him to the Rams? Oh, but Junior, now he's in a better situation. Well, he better be. For you Ram fans, he better be. How shitty would it be if Jared Goff kills it for the Lions and he takes him to the promised land and Matthew Stafford is still the same guy who, by the way is getting a little bit of injury prone. You only have him for two years, and then his contract's over. The Rams have no first-round picks in 2024. This upcoming draft, the only rounds they have right now because they haven't given the comp uh, comp picks yet, all they have is a second, a sixth, and a seventh. They are guaranteed three draft picks. This front office better kill those three draft picks. They better draft well. And for the Lions, I guess in a way, this is a whatever type of trade for them. The Lions knew, and I mentioned this, and you guys laughed. The Lions were close to getting rid of Stafford. I thought they were going to release him. I never thought they were going to trade him. I thought they were going to release Matthew Stafford so he can decide where he wants to go. But this trade came up too good to pass up. Of course, I would take your two first-rounders. Now, obviously, it ain't going to be this year. It's going to be next year and the year after that. But at least you have Goff in the meantime. And if he falters this year, you can let him go next year, bring in your guy, whatever the case is, and do what you got to do. You got your, you got the third this year, so that's good. So for Detroit, really, all you're doing is giving this guy a shot to see if maybe he can be the quarterback of your of the Detroit's dreams. Maybe he can be the savior of Detroit, because obviously Matthew, they're both former number ones. So there has to be a reason why you traded a number one for a number one pick overall. It's weird to me, and I know what you're thinking. Is this the best the Lions could have gotten for Matthew Stafford? 
First of all, they're lucky they got anything from Matthew Stafford. Here are the other options they could that could have happened. Carolina called. They offered the 8th pick and a late pick. Not going to happen. Washington called. 19th pick and a 3rd round pick. Nope. The Colts offered the 21st pick overall straight up from Matthew Stafford. And there were some other packages in there. I know what you guys are thinking. Well, what about the 49ers? There's talks about, you know, maybe them leaving Jimmy Garoppolo. The 49ers never made an offer. So whoever started that rumor of the 49ers are trying to move on, I'm not going to say that they're not going to move on from Jimmy G, but they're going to make offers for Matthew Stafford. Well, when that happened, 20 minutes later, what did I hear? Oh, now it's Kirk Cousins. Stop assuming things. Stop assuming things. This is what's going to happen to the 49ers. They're going to either keep Jimmy G or they'll sign somebody in free agency and let go of Jimmy G. But stop assuming things. And the Jets checked in, but never. that's as far as they got. So yeah, this was the best the Lions could have taken. And why would you not take it? Obviously, you're in a rebuild mode. Do your draft this year. Next two years after that, you get a, two first-rounders. You get to pick twice in the first round. And that could really help Detroit in this rebuild process. This is exactly what Detroit needed. A fresh start. For a quarterback, they don't even have to commit to for the whole time. They commit to him this year. If he plays good enough, hey, Jared Goff has a job still. If he fails, they can let him go without penalty. Matthew Stafford, on the other hand, all the Rams cannot let him go. This is the Rams quarterback for the next two years. So to me, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. For me, I don't see the difference in any of these. I don't know what team got better or who got worse. People from Los Angeles are going to say, well, the Rams got better because we got Matthew Stafford. We needed a quarterback that can have a fast cannon arm for those fast wide receivers. And people in Detroit are going to say, well, the Rams gave us draft capital and Jared Goff, and we're not committed to him if he does terrible. So we won because we got draft picks. We got two first-rounders and a third for a quarterback that's going to be 34 by the time the season starts. Who might, Who is one hit away from being injury-prone again? So in the end, I don't know who won this trade, but last thing before I do go, because I, I forgot to mention this. It's going to be a quick snippet. Uh, this one is for the fans. So today during the Lakers game, a fan got ejected because of that person was trash talking LeBron James and the lady, very nice lady went on social media saying that she was mad at LeBron because he was talking crap to her husband. She just defending the husband. Okay. I get all that. That's fine and dandy. But a player doesn't take the time to start talking crap to a fan unless a fan initiated. That's <laughs> that's my thing. A player will not take the time out of his day to waste time and energy to talk to a fan when he has to worry about a game. Usually when this happens, the fans initiate the first move. So to that lady... All I'm going to say is this for to her and to everybody out there that is listening, 
that when we go back to live sporting events and we go back to the stands, if you can dish it, you can take it. If you cannot dish it, or if you can't take it, don't dish it, man. These athletes get paid millions to make your life a living hell. That's what these athletes are here to do. These athletes get paid millions to go on the road to make your day a living hell. You had a bad work week? Well, now let me kill your home team in front of your home court in front of these fans. So for the fans out there, all I'm going to say is this. Do not interfere with the players. If you can dish it, you can take it. If you can't take it, don't dish it. So don't go on social media saying, well, fuck LeBron. No, no, that's you. That's you. That's just you being, and I hate to say it, that's just you being a bitch and want your 15 minutes of fame. Well, here you go. Here's your 15 minutes of fame. Everybody now knows you as Courtside Karen. Good job, lady. That's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, I know that there's 24 hours in a day, and I'm glad you guys give me 30 minutes of your time to listen. So thank you. And if you haven't, please subscribe to this show. Go on Spotify. Find it on Spotify. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. You know, because the bigger we get, the more fun stuff we get to do. So hopefully you guys you know, are sharing and doing your part. I'm doing my part on the new page on Instagram, Facebook, everything to kind of get us going. And I just, as I always say, I always need help. And the more we help each other, the bigger we get. So thank you guys for tuning in today. I will give you some more info tomorrow and hopefully some good action. Goodbye.